Welcome to A Month with Matthew in Croatia. I'm writer Matthew Felix, and I needed to get away for a while to figure out what was next for me. And this is what happened when I did. These are travel anecdotes, stories, and ruminations from my month in a small island village in Croatia. From the characters I met to the experiences I had, some funny, some frustrating, to the thoughts, memories, and emotions that came up for me during my solo retreat in the seaside village in Croatia. Last night for the third or fourth or I don't even know how many times, something like that, I fell asleep about, I don't know what time it was, 10 o'clock, something like that, which is three or four hours earlier than I usually fall asleep. But that doesn't make it, you know, noteworthy. What makes it noteworthy for me is I slept through the night. And that's that's what's happened three or four times, or like I said, maybe even more since I've been here. And the reason that's noteworthy is that never happens at home. I never accidentally fall asleep and stay asleep through the whole night. A lot of times around 12 or something, if I'm not ready to go to bed and I'm still being productive, then I'll take like a 20-minute cat nap, and then I keep going for another two or three hours. So to unintentionally fall asleep three or four hours usually or earlier than I usually do and sleep through the night for me is really, really unusual. And I was thinking about why is that? And I think there are at least a couple possible reasons. One is there are all sorts of reports. Seems like every week there's another report in the news about how we are so sleep deprived, right? How we just don't get enough sleep. And I know for a fact that when I'm at home or just in general, I constantly push myself. I constantly pump my body full of caffeine, even though I know it's not good for me, you know, and I try to limit the amounts, but sometimes I just use it to keep going instead of listening to my body, instead of listening to the signals that I'm getting that, no, you really just need to sleep, or you really need to take a nap, or you really just at least need to relax. So I essentially abuse my body by, instead of listening, by pumping it full of these chemicals to keep my heart beating at an unnaturally fast pace, hoping that it doesn't catch up with me, but of course it always catches up with us. And it just it just manifests in different ways. So I think that being out of my day-to-day life, once again, another benefit of not, not being in my day-to-day life here is that even though I'm working really hard and I'm working a lot of hours each day, you know, I'm working a full sort of quote-unquote workday each day here with one or two exceptions, but still I have enough latitude because I don't have all these obligations and places I need to be in a, you know, a fixed schedule that I think I'm just able to feel the fatigue. I'm able to just let my body do what it needs to do. So if it's exhausted, and I just naturally sort of just, it it almost, it's like it, it feels as though it has permission to do what it needs to do. Whereas ordinarily, I might override that, that inclination or that any attempt on the part of my body to do what it needs to do, which is shut down and get some sleep. And part of the reason I was surprised is because even though I am working a lot, you know, it's not, I'm not working out. I'm not, I mean, I am going to the, to the beach every day and I am swimming for a half an hour every day. So I'm getting some exercise, but I just didn't feel as if I were, I was really exhausting my body. So the first time or two that it happened that I accidentally fell asleep and accidentally slept through the night, I felt a need to justify it. I felt a need to sort of explain it to myself. Well, maybe I swam harder than I realized. Well, maybe the sun took the energy out of me. Well, Again, I felt this need to rationalize, which I should not feel. The point is, my body's tired. I need to just listen to that, honor that, 
and let it new let it do what it needs to do especially here in this environment where there's no reason not to but that's another part of another aspect to to sort of getting away from the day to day is you realize even when you do get away even when you do free yourself of certain obligations and responsibilities and pressures a lot of times we bring those thought patterns that were keeping us doing sort of unconstructive, maybe unhealthy habits and patterns, we bring them with us. So I'm still holding myself accountable. I'm still acting as if I'm back there. Whereas really, I have this month where I've sort of freed myself of a lot of that. And I should just be relaxing into it a lot more even than than I have thus far. So that's another good sort of realization that comes out of this is I'm still, I've still got these these paradigms, these ways of thinking that don't apply and are even counterproductive and perhaps most importantly are just of my own invention. I don't have to be working an eight-hour day. I don't have to be staying up till a certain hour and making sure I get up at a certain hour. I don't have to be depriving myself of sleep. I don't have to be powering through my projects. You know, and I say all that because I cannot think in those sort of extreme ways and still be very productive get a lot done, accomplish what I came here to accomplish, but just do it in a way that is more natural and organic and healthier. Because, of course, again, that is really what all this is about. (laughs) It's physical and mental health and acknowledging that if I'm shutting down unintentionally and sleeping through the night, I am probably not doing as well as I could or should with regards to taking care of my own physical and mental health. The good news is I did let myself sleep through the night, and you know what? It felt awesome. It felt awesome to get what must have been like nine hours of sleep unintentionally. I felt great when I woke up. I felt great at the cafe. I feel great now. And so with my remaining time here, I have nine days left here in the village. And so with that remaining time, I am going to make a commitment to myself to be more gentle. I think that's another aspect here, to be more gentle with myself, to pay more attention to honor what I'm feeling in my body, to recognize these thought patterns that might not be serving me, that are just, you know, I'm cracking the whip needlessly when I don't need to, when I can just, I can go with the flow and I can get everything done that I need to get done without putting this added, imagined pressure of my own creation on myself. So that is part of what I hope to learn from this and carry forward through not only my remaining nine days, but of course... These things that we learn and realize, these things that come up for us, whether emotional, intellectual, whatever, that come up for us when we create this space, you know, when we take time out, and so that the stuff that can come up that ordinarily we might disregard or suppress or whatever because we're so busy doing everything else, when these realizations come up and when these learnings come up and when we're able to call ourselves on some of this shit, our own mind games and things like that, the objective here isn't just for me to learn from these things and carrying them forward for the next nine days. The objective is to be aware of these things, change my thoughts and behavior, and carry that new sort of perspective, that new gentler, more self-aware perspective back to my day-to-day life. That's the, that's the real point here. So short-term, yes, it's about making sure I'm making the most of my remaining nine days here, 
and enjoying them while still getting a lot of work done, listening to my body, getting the rest that I need and might not be as easy to get when I'm back home. But still, even when I am back home, taking the lessons, the realizations, the shifts that I've had in my perspective here and trying to implement them and hold on to them and just integrate them into how I move forward and how I'm living my day-to-day life when I get back home. And that, of course, is one of the big points of travel, right? I just read The Art of Travel, no, The Art of Pilgrimage. I can't remember the title. The Art of Travel, the Art of, I think it's The Art of Pilgrimage or Travel as Pilgrimage. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Phil Cousineau, that I can't remember the title right off the top of my head, but it's by Phil Cousineau. And one of, one of his, and it was a great book, and the whole premise is looking at travel as pilgrimage and looking at travel uh, you know, from a deeper, richer spiritual, emotional, intellectual perspective. And one of the big points of the book is this whole idea of the hero's journey, which of course is talked about, you know, Joseph Campbell, lots of other people have talked about that as well. But this idea of the hero's journey where we go on these journeys, whether it's a week-long trip or a month-long trip or a round-the-world year, whatever it is, and part of the, the point of the journey is to bring something back, right? We come back transformed in some way. We learn something, we overcome obstacles, challenges, self-reflection, whatever it might be, we come back with something from that trip. We come back, we've grown, we've matured, we bring something back with us. And so again, the point here of my thinking about, you know, my my sleeping habits and the past few times that I've unintentionally slept through the night is is all these realizations that I'm having don't just apply, apply to the next nine days. Hopefully, I will take them back with me from this time, from this journey, and integrate them as well into my day-to-day life. Really surprising, another really surprising discovery today at the, uh, while I was at the cafe. I have spent the past couple of days, I started working on what I hope will be my, my next book. And part of the reason I started working on this is just because I've been doing so much other sorts of work. I really haven't been writing very much since I've been here. I've been doing research and planning and workshop development and different things like that, all of which have been great and, and I need to be doing and I'm happy to be doing and exciting to be get, be getting a lot of that stuff done. But I just kind of reached my saturation point with my left brain sort of stuff yesterday and I just wanted to write because after all, at the, you know, at the center of all this, at the center of my creative endeavors is my writing. And sometimes I sort of lose sight of that because I'm so busy podcasting and promoting my writing that I've already published and all the other different things that I've got going on. Because if you want to live from your creativity, there's so much business related stuff that you have to take care of as well that I haven't done much writing for very long other than, you know, each week I do write my podcast episode, the script for that and stuff. So I am in a sense writing, but you know, not creative writing of this sort that I'm talking about. I've been doing that the past couple of days. Well, I just happened to notice. Now, I've been telling people when the new book comes up, when what I think will be my next book comes up, I usually say to people, yeah, you know, I've already written 15,000 words of it. And just to give you a sense, if you don't know, a novel is like 70,000 to 90,000 words, say, an average novel. Well, so 15,000 words would be, this isn't going to be a novel, so maybe this would be shorter than that. I think my Morocco book which I sell a lot of, is only like 30, 35,000 words. So it doesn't have to be 70 to 100, 70 to 90,000 words. 
So I just throw those benchmarks out there to give you an idea of how much 15,000 words might mean with regards to progress on a project. Sitting here just now, I realized, or this morning at the cafe, at the cafe, and then verifying it just now, I see that I've written what is it, forty thousand, or maybe it was forty-five thousand words. Now that is really, really surprised. Forty-one thousand seven hundred sixty words. So that just kind of blew me away. And the reason I say I just verified it just now is because I thought, well, maybe you know, I haven't looked at these files for a long time, so maybe. Maybe there, there's some duplicates, you know, maybe some of the chapters got duplicated or uh, maybe some of the, some of the words are somehow can be explained some other way. Well, I just scrolled through all of the, all of the pages pretty quickly, but still rather, I looked at them fairly closely and it looks like it's all legit. Now, I mean, a lot of it isn't developed into narrative. A lot of it is just notes, but they're notes that will become part of bigger narratives. And so point being, the 41,760 words, whatever I just said, is actually legit. And that's really kind of blowing me away because I had no idea, because I haven't worked on this for so long, I had no idea I'd already done that much. Now, there's still a tremendous amount of work to be done. I'm not suggesting here that that this means that I'm I'm close to, to being done with the book. It just means that I am way, way further along than I had realized, and that is really exciting. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and check out MatthewFelix.com for information about my books, other podcasts, and much more.